0: This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, I'm joined by my buddy Ryan, and we talk the top ten of the shitty '90s, Part Two, '97 to '99. Now there ain't a ton to pick from when it comes to the late '90s, but we found some cool ones, and we discuss it all. Check it out. All right, so Ryan, it's hard to even welcome you to the '80s glam metal cast because you're just you're just an old friend that pops in all the time. So I'm not even gonna <laughs> welcome you. <laughs> <laughs> don't need it. Love being here. It's all good. So, uh, well, so I gotta tell you something kind of funny. So, yeah. today we we had planned to finish up our '90s episode, and we did this originally. We did half of the late '90s in uh, November. Okay, so tonight yeah. we're gonna cover '97 and '99. So, don't I get an email today from Anchor, okay? Which is the, my podcast platform, and they told me that there are some basically they they call it third-party material on the episode, the other one we did. Was it 94 to 96?
1: Yeah, I think that was it.
0: Yeah, 94. There we go. Okay, so 90, like 94 to 96. And which was crazy, is it like, okay, why all of a sudden is this happening? Strangely enough, the day that we're going to actually record the, the the final part of it. So, yeah. for some reason, uh, the Bon Jovi, what it takes, and <laughs> Queen... I was born to love you need to be removed from this episode. So as we speak, that episode on the podcast platform is down. I'm going to cut that oh, out. No. Uh, you know, people find out, man, all the big bucks that I'm making on the podcast. This is what happens, you know.
1: Damn. Well, that's crazy. Of all bands, I thought it would be the AC/DC police.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. Who, I don't understand this stuff. But, uh. You know, if, if it's going to burn somebody's ass out there so bad, I'll, I'll cut it out and, and put it back up. I'll, I'll repost it without it. It is what it is. Hey, I was trying, yeah. to, trying to promote them, man. I, was, I know. I was giving their songs out to people in Russia and Singapore. They don't want that kind of promo. <laughs> Screw them.
1: <laughs> I don't think those camps can afford it. That's what the deal is. They can't afford free itself. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. All right. So we, tonight, so I think what we had said last time is that, you know, as we got farther along in the 90s, it was just kind of getting to be slim pickings of things that we could go through. And honestly, I, I've been kind of avoiding doing this episode because I feel like this was some of the worst uh, albums out there. They're not bad, but there wasn't just wasn't as many to pick from. No, there wasn't
1: as many. I, I kind of drudged some up at the end here, but uh, <laughs> um, I got some, some that I actually booted off into my honorable mention list, which you're going to probably... Be a little bit shocked at the ones that i replaced them for but um i found some pretty good stuff at the end here because i yeah originally i I must agree i i got 10 in there and i thought okay that's probably the 10 that you know most people would uh think about or or remember and same with your list i'd assume and then i kind of revisited it and said wait a minute there might be some sleepers in there so i think i got a few surprises
0: nice all right well I'm ready. Uh, not the only thing. Now I'm worried. Now I, I don't know if I can put any um, musical tracks in around our songs. Maybe we'll just have to sing sing a song before. The, before yeah, we perfect. <laughs> but uh, so, what's your number, Ted, man? All right. Well, you
1: know what? I got to break the rules a little bit. Just a, a slight change. Just a quick shout out. I'm going to go at a number ten point five. Okay. If oh no. Long mention. But <laughs> <laughs> it's something that you'll you'll get it in a minute here. So. I got the song Bitter Pill off the Motley Best Of, okay? And the reason I give it a 10.5 is because I can't put a Best Of on here. No, But I really like that song Bitter Pill. Me too. And uh, so I got to give a quick shout out to that song. I saw that tour, and it was the original band, and it's actually the first Motley show I ever saw. It was either in late 98 or 99, and it was at a junior college here in the Bay Area. And, um, you know they were just kind of picking up again after generation swine and they started getting back to that cool sound but i just wanted to give a quick shout out to the song bitter pill off the motley greatest hits with that cool artwork on the cover so that's it i won't say anything else that's my 10.5 on that
0: okay this is such a great song i'll allow it okay cool thank you all right but my real number ten
1: Yeah. I got White Snake, Restless Heart. So um, th- this is one of those that um, it was a, supposed to be a Coverdale solo album, and the record company convinced him to call it White Snake for you know financial reasons, of course. And that's fine. Um, it's much more toned down than White Snake. Uh, let's just call it '87 and Slip of the Tongue. You don't have nearly any of the upper register coverdale you have some of it it kind of you know he goes up there in some choruses a little bit but not nothing from the bad boys or kitten got claws days it, that upper upper register is kind of taking a back seat but um still a cool album uh it's got some like you know very uh upbeat adult bluesy stuff you know um it's a lot more coverdale page than in mid 80s late 80s white snake but i still like it um the song Can't Go On is basically the song Your Time is Going to Come by Led Zeppelin. If you sing the Led Zeppelin chorus of Your Time is Going to Come when he says Can't Go On in the chorus, it is identical, which is kind of funny, but I like it still. But yeah, it's just a much more
0: mature white snake, uh, but I still dig it. Funny that you brought that one up because, I don't know, I've got this on like a burnt CD somewhere, and it made its way into the car. And I want to say a couple of weeks back, I was listening to this album, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's not bad, it's a cool listen, but um, yeah, I don't think the great songwriting uh, that, that he's known for is there, it's a lot more low-key type of stuff, and like you said, he, yeah. and even with his vocals, he's, he's singing in a lower register, but uh, that song, Restless Heart, man, that's a pretty good song, the title track, and there's some other ones that i can't really remember the names of them but it's a a good listen it's just one of those ones where nothing really super stands out to me but but you could sit and put it on and just you know kind of chill with it it's like yeah it's a good listen
1: yeah he's trying he's starting to go into those you know how he kind of growls on stage now Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of kind of what he did in coverdale page uh he combined it with that killer coverdale upper register but he kind of just growls now which is okay it it doesn't really fool us because we're such good big fans but um this is the beginning of all that but yeah i'd give it a shot it's pretty cool
0: yeah it's definitely cool and and you actually get uh adrian vandenberg because really you never had adrian vandenberg on an album before because Isn't that he the crazy tongue, yeah he his wrist or whatever so yeah it's kind of weird all right well my number 10 you know <laughs> it's like going back to the well man all right it's the same old shit same band <laughs> different year But i got to give um, Facing the Animal uh, by Yngwie some love. I think Matt's Levin has a great voice. I uh, love the song Alone in Paradise. And I kind of went back because I, I, I interviewed him a while back, and he told right. me a certain song was left over, or, or parts of it were left over from the Odyssey era. And I, I couldn't remember what song that actually was. So I had to go back and read one of my own interviews uh, that I did, and it was it was Alone in Paradise. That's a very cool song. And it's this has got Cozy Powell on drums. Production is great. I think it's uh, Sangridis. Chris Sangridis uh, produced it. So he just did an amazing job. It's got, like, really sharp, updated production. He's on a major label again. Uh, I love the title track, Facing the Animal. That's so good. Another time. Then you get a track like Heathens from the North, which kind of reminds you of, like, that old-school, like, you know, Viking, Ingve. And of course you mm-hmm. got to have a Power ballad you got Like an Angel and I think there might be one other power ballad but I'm not saying every song is like blows me away but it's a it's a pretty good album man a pretty good showing for Invy
1: Yep I got to remain quiet on this one oh, It's going up
0: here Okay All right number 9
1: Alright, number nine. Speaking of broken record, here I am talking about YNT again, my local <laughs> Bay Area boys. <laughs> we got Endangered Species from 98. Uh, this one is much like their comeback in 96, the album uh, Musically Incorrect. But this sounds um, kind of like a more of a 70s hard rocker, but in a less Hendrix way. Um, a little bit less blues. It's kind of straightforward. You got the classic YNT 10 lineup with uh, DeGrasso and Steph Burns in there um i'd say this is much more of a consistent newer album than musically incorrect you got the songs called black gold and god only knows that could have perfectly like fit perfectly on their 1990 album 10 uh say one buys a great mid-tempo but i think it was a solid product that could uh you know if it had a little bit more of like the contagious production it would be right up there next to all the rest of them so i kind of ignored it when it came out and um ignored it for the most part just because I like classic 80s and early 90s Y&T but I really like it now so I'm glad I got back into it so I definitely want to check out Endangered Species
0: nice well I um my number nine I this was a band that I threw on in in one of our 2000s episodes and this was the album that really I heard first that got me into this band and it's Ice Earth, or Something Wicked, This Way Comes. Great album. Nice. I don't, I don't really want to talk. I don't care about the political crap. I don't care about, about what he did or whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Good music is good music. I, I still like to go back to this album and check it out. First track, Burning Times. It, it's got a great groove, heavy song, uh, sick vocals. And this does not have Tim Ripper. Uh, that was the album that we talked about, uh, The Glorious Burning right. Tim Ripper Owens. This has Matt Barlow. And I think Matt Barlow has a great voice. It's such an interesting voice. It's like it's like if you mixed Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, James Hatfield, and Jeff T all into like one voice. And totally. I love I love all those people that we just mentioned. So I love his voice. And if you go back to their album Tribute um, to the Gods, and I think you know, maybe I could have used that during this time. You know, for this kind of a list, because I think that came out in the late '90s. But he does um, "God of Thunder" and he does "Creatures of the Night." So he does a Paul song, and he does a Gene song, and he just nails it because he's just something. You know, I know he's inspired by those guys, and he has that inside of him. Um, there's just one song. It's called "Melancholy," and it's like a like a metal power ballad type of a thing. Definitely has a Je- Jeff Tate thing going on. Uh, Alice Dirt has some Iron Maiden elements in there uh, With the guitar mm-hmm. Like the dual lead stuff and everything like that But I think And, there, and this album's all over the place There's some like acoustical type stuff That reminds me of That Alice in Chains could do There's some heavy stuff that, that sounds like it could be testament But probably my favorite song by them And I sent this to you Is, um, is Watching Over Me I just think that is such a cool track I mean it, It's really heartfelt You know It's about losing a friend and then that friend kind of watch it over you as like your guardian angel. Yeah. And I just think that's you know sometimes you don't get a lot of good depth in um, in metal songs. Sometimes they come across as corny or, or or not very emotional. But I think that song is so good. I actually think that song could have been a hit if it was done by somebody else, um, especially who, who you know like a band that would have been big at that time. You know, um, maybe more of like an alternative band or a modern rock band or something like that. But. uh yeah, man, I got to give this album some props. I think every song is good. You know, I went through and I scanned through it last night just to try to refresh my memory, but I think every song's great, and uh, I, I recommend this if, if people haven't heard it.
1: Yeah, man, I did my homework. I checked that song out, and then I went back and I I did some research, and I was thinking, damn, I didn't realize they were around for as long as they had been because yeah. this is like their like, third album or something like that. Yeah. I, I, know, I, could, I could be wrong, but there, it's several down the line, and I didn't realize that they had uh, anything prior to like 95 or something but I really am getting more and more into this band and it's funny you mentioned that vocalist and all those other both vo- vocalist comparisons because he does have a very interesting voice it's like it's a uh, it's a very thick voice but he has the range yeah and um, yeah it's a cool voice and I, did, I had to look up who it was I don't I didn't remember who it was and um, I'm gonna have to kind of dig deep into that guy's solo or whatever, what else he's done because yeah. I really liked his voice as well.
0: Well, strangely enough, he became a cop. He got out of music and he became a cop. Um, but I think he's done. Wow. He's come back to Ice, Ice Earth like for studio albums here and there, and he's also done like you know like people hire him to sing on you know like power model albums and stuff. So he's done some stuff. But as far as I know, he's a, he's a cop. So interesting.
1: Damn, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Number eight.
1: Okay, we're entering the How Can This Be a 90s Album, and Who the Hell Are They group. So I got three in a row that you're going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) So, number eight. I got a band called Restless, and the album's called Alone in the Dark. So this is bon jovi meets journey influenced singer uh they got a big keyboard influence and that crunchy guitar and the singer's got one of those styles of voices where as the the notes go higher he gets ballsier almost like a janie lane when you know you know what i mean like yeah. Oh, yeah. his voice almost gets deeper when they get more intense it's cool so um you know he's obviously laced with some of the the more softer things on this album the mid-tempos a few ballads but when he gets going he, he really has a great voice um but if you want a taste of what i'm talking about here uh search it on youtube i don't think it's on spotify it's pretty out there uh, in terms of like rarity but a song called leaving you or you keep the fire burning but i like this cd so much and i say cd because i bought it twice (laughs) i found it i think i was in lake tahoe and i found it in a uh, used record store and then i saw it again i said oh i gotta get this one again so i have two of them (laughs) but um you know and this so begins my random who the hell are they bands portion of the podcast but Restless, alone in the dark. Check it out.
0: Nice. I've never heard of them, but I think I'm glad that you're throwing some kind of you know more no name type of bands because people like that kind of stuff. They like to discover something new. So you're doing you're doing right. people a good service. And I gotta just say, I don't know if this is gonna you know uh, translate well to when it comes out uh, on all the platforms. But I mean. We're using some different equipment here and, and like your voice It almost feels like I'm talking to somebody I've never talked to before Because your voice sounds way different than, than it usually does So it's kind of like just freaking me out Oh weird, okay huh. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry uh, okay, let, So let me, let me gargle with Jack <laughs> Okay So, number eight She was promised a for- Bad of Tricks with Wake of Magellan uh, by Sabotage. and oh, yeah. um, I'm never going to come out and say this is one of my favorite Sabotage albums. Uh, I'm going to say that that would be Edge of Thorns. But I think this is pretty good effort. You know, we've got a lot of. The cool thing with this album is that. And I think Dead Winter Dead did this a little bit too. Is that John Oliva is singing lead on certain tracks. So it's, so we got some set some tracks are Zach Stevens, some tracks are John Oliva, and I do enjoy the the differences. One song that really stands out is Turns to Me. Another way I think Another Way is is sung by John. John John's voice he just needed that break. I think he needed a couple years off because his voice just sounds killer. Blackjack Guillotine mm-hmm. Paragons of Innocence is another one John sings really good. The title track's really epic. Does all that voice stuff like they did with Chance on the Handful of Rain album. You got a lot of great musicianship on here. You got Ale Petrelli, Chris Caffery, um, Jeff Plate on the drums. Now, this is a concept album, okay? Go to Wikipedia because sometimes concepts, they're hard to follow, and it doesn't get any more hard to follow than this one because it's almost like there's multiple stories going on. So I I don't really understand the story. It's way over my head. But um, yeah, go on Wikipedia if you want to know what it's about. There's some you know some political stuff, and somebody got thrown overboard of a ship. But then they're trying to throw in elements of like the past with Magellan. So there's almost like three story arcs to this thing that is trying to tell one story. So I don't know if it works. I don't know if it really matters. But the music <laughs> so, the music sounds cool. It's the last um, album of Sabotage to feature Zach Stevens, which is kind of a disappointment because I, I really like Zach Stevens. But yeah, pretty um, pretty cool era for Sabotage, uh, another solid effort. So, yeah, that's what I got.
1: Yeah, I dug it into this album when I got into my Sabotage phase. Like like I told you before, it, it kicked off with Hollow Mountain King, and I fell in love with that one, and then I got all the shit. So uh, it's been a while since I've listened to it. Um, did they alter the logo on this album? If I recall, I think it's not the same Killer Sabotage logo. That yeah, that pissed so, me off.
0: I'm glad you mentioned <laughs> that because I, yeah, I was really turned off by the album cover and the logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got it. Didn't, didn't like it. I thought it, I thought this was on CMC Records when I saw that album cover, but it was it was actually Atlantic. So. All right, the kiss of death. (laughs) I think we got some of those coming. I think CMC. All right, all (laughs) right. So number seven. This is going to be another unknown band. Let's. I I, I can't wait to hear it.
1: Yeah. So this one's called Big Bad Wolf. Uh, It was released in '98, and so this features Craig Chikiko. The Guitarist, lead guitarist from Starship, hmm. so he was in Starship from the mid '70s up through my absolute favorite Starship album called Love Amongst the Cannibals. Yeah. If you've never heard that one, I know we're, we're you know a metal podcast here, but it's freaking good, dude. It's it like Mutt Lang produced a song, and it's got it's got some like kind of hard rockers on there. So if everybody wants to check
0: that one, wait, out, wait, it's a is good that album. the album that has It's Not Enough? Yep, that's the one. Yeah, my wife plays that song. I can hear where they're going for the '80s hard rock t- thing. And I got to give you props, man. That guitar player—he was—he was like the coolest looking dude in the band. And he was always in dude. magazines. Um, he was promoting Carvin amps or something, right? Carvin. Or, yeah, or you nailed the it, I, yeah. I, dude. My next, my next
1: line in my notes was: Craig always had the '80s hair band look in yeah. the '80s with Starship. Yeah, but killer so yeah he was regarded as kind of the ripper in the group but you know he it's like so in duran duran and in yui lewis you got those sneaky good guitarists that freaking rip and like because they're in a pop band they're overshadowed and no one really gives a shit but they're killer so anyway i digress so um this guy you know craig chikiko he's got a ton of like acoustic stuff and jazz stuff and all the 70s starship stuff so you you kind of don't expect this out of him but um even the album cover has like big haired dudes on it and and he was never like that other than like or his bands were never like that he was his bands weren't so between you know the previous choice and restless and my next choice what i'll talk about i swear these had to be on the shelf since 91 like they're they're freaking so early 90s like melodic hard rock they're great but uh just to get a taste um search the song midnight angel it's huge chorus very deaf leopardy high high voices big background huge choruses that's it's awesome but i think they must have recorded this in like 91 or two like there's no way they, they could have recorded this in 98 and look the way they look and sound the way they sound but they're definitely definitely carrying on that muttling sound from love amongst and uh dude i love it and it's tough to find you got to kind of find it on youtube i don't even own the cd i don't even remember how i found this thing but i've listened to the cd or this album a lot but it's always been online so yeah big bad wolf
0: 1998 i love it man you are educating the masses i love it Nah. (laughs) all right number seven i don't even know why i've got this album rated this high i think it's because who it is but i'm just gonna spit it out (laughs) This Psycho Circus. Yep, Uh, I remember it. I remember when it came out. Yeah, you know, I was so hyped. You know, I I feel like I've talked about this album numerous times, you know, throughout my days of podcasting, but um, I was very excited about this album. It was going to be the reunion album with the original guys and so much momentum after the the reunion tour, but uh, this really fell flat. It did not work. It starts off really strong. The title track is great. Psycho Circus is a great song. Paul's got I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll, also a pretty cool song. Almost sounds like it could be on Revenge or something like that. At least the chorus does. Into the Void is Ace's track, um, also a decent track. That's actually the only track that has all the original guys playing on it. You know, They pulled a lot of okay. ghost shit. Tommy Thayer, Bruce Kulik. Uh, Kevin Valentine plays drums on, on the rest of the album. So a lot of shady shit. Within is wow. isn't bad. It's a heavier Gene song. It sounds kind of grungy. I think it was a leftover from Carnival of Souls. Um, but I think as the album progresses, you get some of the worst tracks. Like, like these are some of my least favorite. That's why I'm almost wondering, like this should have been 10. But, you know, it's Kiss. So, But anyways, the... There's certain songs, like people who have this album, like You Wanted the Best is one of the songs. Like they just wrote a song that was based on their tagline, you know, for their live shows, and the song completely blows. Uh, Raise Your Glasses <laughs> is another song that completely blows. It sounds like it's a, a commercial for like Wheaties or something like that. It's so cheesy. And then there's, um, uh, of course, Peter has to have a ballad. He do, they do, what the hell is this ballad? Called? I Finally Found My Way or something like that. And and once again, it's what the what the problem is is you can kind of see where I'm going with it. They just tried too hard to like make the next destroyer or something like that. Like Peter's got to uh-huh. have the ballot, and this has got to be that. So they tried to, you know, structure this thing like destroyer and they failed miserably. They should have just did something raw you know went back to their roots it it didn't matter i mean what i don't know what they thought they were going to get a hit album in 1998 it did go gold because they just have a lot of fans you know what i mean so yeah it, it was a moderate success i don't think there's very many fans that look back at this as some you know great achievement for kiss but yeah that's where i got it so it's, it's kind of like a mixed bag it starts off pretty decent and then it just kind of falls off and, and gets into some really bad territory for me but uh it's my favorite band. It's probably like you. If you liked one song on a Death Leppard or ACDC, you'd probably still have it on your list, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, okay. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but so so this was the quote unquote original band, right? That's yeah. how they sold it or packaged it. Okay. Yes. Yep. And and what what was the, the single? Was it Psycho Circus?
0: Yeah, Psycho Circus was the single. Yep. Yeah. Because I remember this coming out, and we had a, a Bay Area. Um,
1: radio station that played the shit out of it, and they were so pumped for it, and I remember this on the on the radio quite a bit, and yep. it, it was, to me, like pretty status quo for for a Kiss song, never yep. being like a huge Kiss guy, but I, I remember it kind of fading quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, yeah. I, I thought the song Psycho Circus was pretty good, actually. I liked it.
0: They didn't have another... Uh, I, I want to say they did release that song that I told you I couldn't stand, You Wanted the Best... oh yeah I think that you know and that just fell completely flat they didn't really have another really strong single you know what I mean I see yeah so like I said whatever happened the the label maybe didn't push too much more with it and it just kind of it kind of died
1: yeah well I remember it and it kind of stuck with me a little bit so I dig that song I just haven't delved into the album yeah
0: don't waste your time
1: (laughs) 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 I got it alright number six Number six. Okay, the final and this is my my number one choice of the three randoms. It's a band called Velocity, so the album is called Impact and it's from 97. So uh, the singer's name is David Victor. Uh, he's actually a current member of Boston, and he did the the rock star movie path to get into boxing Boston with his uh youtube appearances oh. so yeah uh he's he's got this killer ninety one solo album <clears throat> it's it's really cool it's um uh, it's similar to this um this album by velocity is a little bit harder more more hard melodic rock but his ninety one album is what you'd expect uh, if you heard this album, Velocity, you'd, be, you'd expect a little mm, catchier stuff from 91. But this guy's voice is absolutely top-notch. It's almost, like, too good. You know those voices that are just, like, too good? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, this guy's bugging me. He's just, it's too perfect. <laughs> but um, it's like, they're like a bigger, catchier, thicker, more melodic trickster with the, huge, like the hugest of the huge Jeff Leopard choruses mixed in. Um I was immediately hooked. I can't remember where I first found the CD, but I have the CD, and from the first note, I just thought, "Oh my God, this is this is good!" And it just goes on and on from there. Um, Pat Torpy from Mr. Big plays drums on the on this album. Um, some of the standouts: the first song is called "You Don't Amaze Me." Um, Riot going on. Julianne. Love is dangerous, and more than tonight. Uh, They're really, really killer. I think they're Bay Area guys. I think this guy kind of like...
0: Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me. A Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
1: Started out in the music business, went a different direction, and then came back to the music business once he had a little, a little money in his pocket. So um, this one, out of the three randoms, it's hard for me to say, like, you know, ignore Restless and Big Bad Wolf because don't, but Velocity is freaking awesome i would definitely check it out it's called impact from 1997
0: cool man never heard of that but i will i will definitely check it out so number six this is this is a grand moment right here this moment is going to make you proud this is a moment <laughs> you will never forget because this is the first time it's ever happened got a duck buffered album on my list number six yeah all right euphoria yeah yeah okay. so, it's it, it's finally time you've made it finally made it i've always professed you know people have questioned some of my musical choices and i've always professed to be a, a musical metal misfit you know what i mean i don't follow <laughs> any rules i just like what i like if i don't like <clears throat> hysteria for some reason. That's just me. I'm I'm weird. Whatever. But I thought Euphoria was great. Now let's give it a little context. But um, okay. So let's let's put this into context. So I was kind of went a few years where there really wasn't a lot of music coming out that I was into. You know. So yeah. Death Leopard comes out and they make a pretty you know true to form '80s sounding album. And yeah, I was pretty impressed. You know, it, it kicks ass. They. It's it's kind of what we needed for us, you know, hair metal fans at, at that point. It, I think there's times where it's, it's a little bit forced, um, but I think it works. Where I feel like Kiss forced it and it didn't work. I think Death Leopard kind of was really trying to get back to their, you know, their hysteria phase and and it worked. Uh, I'm trying to look at my list here of some. I think my favorite song is Day After Day. You like that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yep, uh, yep. I think that is so dramatic. It's got that old school leopard kind of dramatic vibe. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's a
1: wonder- cool choice by you, man. Like yeah. that's that's kind of a, a on the download that that song. So that's I, that deep, means you really that's a deep track, But that's,
0: that's my favorite yeah. track on the album. Paper Sun almost is kind of similar to Day After Day. They they kind of uh-huh. remind me of each other. Demolition Man is a real cool opener. Twenty, there's some weird goofy stuff, you know, 20th century girl, you know, it's okay. Guilty is a a cool ballad type of song, but obviously I just missed the song that needs to be mentioned out of all, was Promises. What a great single, Mm -hmm. what a great song, and for some reason I slacked on this list and I wasn't right in my years. This was 99, right? Yes. Okay, so great album. And unfortunately, they didn't keep the momentum going, right? With X, it was kind of like a fall-off. They kind of got a little too light after this album. But but this was a great, you know, making the statement, getting back to what they're known for. And I like this album. And I can go back and and jam on pretty much all the songs. Like I said, why I like this one and not other ones... Who knows? It is what it is. But there we <laughs> yeah, go, that, man. That Popper, finally made my. Maybe someday ACDC and Sammy Hagar will make my list. I, I, doubt, <laughs> I doubt it. But there, there they are. There they are. My number six. Uh, well. Again, I shall remain quiet. But I will agree with you on this.
1: I am also a weirdo in my disdain or lack of not disdain because they're okay. But same with me with Guns N' Roses. You know what I mean? Like just like you with Def Leppard. 15 million people buying Hysteria and 15 million people buying Appetite for Destruction and it just doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. I'm not stupid. I know they're talented. I know they're awesome. and I know they're a fraction away from being right there in my favorite bands but for some reason they don't speak to me and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the problem is is when you think something's okay and then everybody in the world is just telling you it's amazing then you like you yeah. it even less you know what i mean so i think that's where the problem you know like i think i think guns and roses is just on par with like warren and la guns i don't see how they're any better than any of those bands and then when you come in exactly. say this is the greatest band ever greatest rock and roll band ever blah, blah, blah. i'm just like no no not the greatest rock and roll band ever and then i start to like them even you know i i can't even deal with them even more because of what everybody's saying about them so i think that's that's what it is. If they were just out there with everybody else on that same playing field, I might like them more. I still might have issues with certain parts of the of what they do, but I still I might like them a little bit more. But it's that people just tell me how great it is when I'm not feeling it. it, yeah. it just makes it worse.
1: Boom! You nailed it.
0: Sorry, I had to go on a tangent. It, it happens in pretty much every episode, so
1: that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. We got you.
1: All right, number five. I'm going back to Unruly Child from Ooh. 1998. So, uh, if you recall, in the 92 episode, Unruly Child was up there. I preach that first album. That album is perfection. But this is a great follow up to the 92 classic. You got Kelly Hansen, who replaced the amazing Mark Free on vocals. I still prefer Kelly in Hurricane, but it's a great stand in for Mark Free. Um, you got songs like Heart. Um, Heart run free, rise up, very killer 80s. Do you ever think of me? 80s AOR. It's just like laced with it. Um, it definitely sounds like the first four or five songs were 92, 93 leftovers, but the rest is just pretty much killer. What you'd expect from a 1998 unruly child. So I would definitely check this album out uh, if you're if there's any Hurricane fans out there or now Foreigner fans out there. Really good album. It's, you know, he's still young. He's still delivering cool stuff from Kelly Hansen in 98 with Unruly Child.
0: Ooh, I'm going to have to check that out. I think I remember him doing something with Unruly Child, and maybe I have found these in my travels, but I don't remember much about it. And I'm a big Kelly Hansen fan, so, yeah, I'm going to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, he's got one of those voices that's got no rasp, no falsetto,
1: just smooth as can be, great range and he does a great job on this album. Like I couldn't think of any other singer I'd like to hear with this band because I really like Mark Free. He's got a fantastic voice and uh, I love Kelly Hansen as well. So it was a really cool matchup for me.
0: Cool, man. All right, well, number five, this one is kind of, this is another thing that I usually don't do on any list that we ever do. Like I do usually, if it's like a compilation or B-sides or leftovers, I usually don't ever touch albums like that. But since it's such slim pickings for this era of music, and since it's so good. Uh, I got to go with Fields of Yesterday by Lillian X. And All right, you yeah. Dude, killer think, album. Yeah, it seems like we've talked about this album At some point, yeah, yeah. I I
1: was seeking some advice at one point on this album because you were talking about psychoschizophrenia. and I was like, "Is it anything like Fields of (laughs)
0: Yesterday?" Yes, okay, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. Um, Now I thought that I knew when these songs, most of these songs, were from. I could have swore that Steve Blaze told me this. So I last night I went back and I listened to my dude. I can't remember shit. So I go, I went back and I listened to my interview where I asked him about this album and strangely enough he doesn't yeah. actually answer he do- kind of dodges it I go what when, what era were the bulk of these tracks from and he pretty much blows me off and he goes on a tangent oh, okay. about um, like how like the members started to there was a rift in the band and I think it was aimed at like Ron Taylor and Darren Delatte or whatever So, so he never really answered it's just basically he said that they just always wrote too many songs or he wrote too many songs and then stuff just got cut so if based on my own knowledge and ear, I want to say that the first part of the album sounds like these could be leftovers from any of like the first three or first two. Yes. And then as we get to the later part, I think these were tracks that probably didn't make it on Psycho Schizophrenia or were written even after Psycho Schizophrenia. So they didn't have any new music. It was basically, they got this offer from a a Japanese record label to put out something, but they didn't have anything except for these leftover tracks. But if if there's anybody out there that's not familiar with this album, you really should go back and listen to it, especially if you like the first couple albums. And most people swear by Love and War, like that's most people's favorite. So if you like Love and War, you should definitely go back and and check this out. A couple of my favorites I'll just mention is I love Do It. Uh, Twilight and Hell is such a great song Crying Out Loud There's a power ballad When it rains it pours Pretty classic And then there's another cool song This has to be right around the Lo- uh, Love and War era Called Blood on the Moon Because it just reminds me mm-hmm. of like Letters in the Rain And all those kind of songs So maybe it was too similar to some of those tracks But go back man All the tracks have Ron Taylor And Steve Blaze doing their thing And how some of them didn't make their albums I don't know, but I always and I even said to him, and I I kissed his ass a little bit in the interview. I said, "Look, man, if if this is your junk, then you know if this is your leftover crap, this is better than a lot of people's official albums that they put out. So he, you know, they should be proud of the kind of stuff they write."
1: Dude, this is such a good album. I the one that stands out the most to me is "That's What You Get."
0: We're crying crying out loud. See, we're just gonna have to sing this one. Well, I don't that think I don't so think Millie and Axel try to come after me. <laughs> no, man, dude,
1: that that one I love that song. Yep. This album, dude, to me, this album is. Um, I almost put it before uh, the first one. I wow. love the first one, but like, God, this one's so thick. Like, I've already, I've always preached um, "She's My Salvation" of Poetic Justice yeah. to you as being one of my favorite riffs of all time, or you know, any band. Yeah, and all so many of these songs are so similar to that where it's like really this is cutting room floor stuff like this yeah. is freaking amazing i i lo- i listen to this album a lot so good call for putting this one on there man i totally forgot because i was thinking oh it's kind of a demos rare cuts best of whatever thing not a best of you know what i mean compilation yep, yep. but yeah killer shout to this album i love it that's like that that'd be that's up there i'm gonna. I'm going to kick off one of mine and just give you that one.
0: <laughs> All right. Number four. Hell, broken dream's
1: turning around All right. Number four. I got Axel Rudy Pell, another one that has appeared in the past. Yes. So this one's called Oceans of Time. So um, if you want to get hooked on this album, just listen to the song Carousel. I mean, it's, johnny gioli perfection he kills it in this band he's been the vocalist from 98 until now and you know gioli's got such a perfect voice he's he's probably in my top three of voices of all time um he's as legit as he was in hardline double eclipse or brunette or Ex of rudy in the 90s and early early 90s late 80s and he is now i mean he's he's still got a fantastic voice um i dig the bob rock and jeff scott soto days and axel rudy but i have such a soft spot for joey that you know i had to choose this one so um living on the wild side kills it you know uh, it's another song get you hooked but he but this guy has just got one of those discographies it's kind of like Ingway and dio where it's just a never-ending source of quality shit, and it never lets you down so uh German guitar player Axel Rudy. He was in the German Steeler and he has a huge catalog of albums and they're all
0: ripping. So check it out. Nice. Okay, number four. Okay. Docking. Erase the slate, man. Sounds Ooh. like uh, Dockin' is back. We had uh, some kind of detours. Dysfunctional it isn't bad, but it's not really true Dockin'. And then we get Shadow Life, which really sucks. I, I don't even want to. I don't remember <laughs> what any of it sounds like, and I don't want to remember it. So The raceless Slate, well, it kind of sucks. We don't have George Lynch, but if we're going to have anybody, I'll take Red Beach, man. He's pretty kick-ass oh, yeah, guitar weird. player. And Absolutely. I'm not saying that every song on this album is great, but... The title track Erase the slate kicks all kinds of ass one of the, one of the coolest Dokken songs out there I love shattered oh yeah uh, voice of the soul is, is is one of my favorites I think that's such a cool cool got a really nice hook to it and uh, change the world is good madness hatter I mean I could go on all day there, there's a lot of cool songs but I think you know a couple bands like Dokken and death Leopard were kind of understanding like okay you know, we, we tried some different stuff. We, we You know, it's all fine and dandy. We kind of alienated some of our classic fans. Let's get back to kind of what we're known for. So, yeah, that's a good one. That one's on CMC Records. It has kind of a shitty-looking album cover, which is standard for a CMC album. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, good, good, actually really good effort by these guys.
1: Well, full disclosure, had it on my list, and I kicked it off to the honorable mentions. Oh. I don't know i don't remember which album kicked it off it was one of the three random ones that nobody cares about or knows about but yeah i mean you got rev on there i love the title track and it's kind of like the final time that dawn was really killer to me yes and i believe they released the um what's it called a uh, live from the sun so, yeah live album yep. during this tour and it's also killer like if you listen to him sing kiss kiss a death he's pretty much where he was when it was released like yeah. he's still there um Maddest tatter and then uh the mick brown song crazy mary goes around i actually really like nick's voice mm-hmm. it's a freaking cool song that's one of my favorites off the album you got some of that beatles 70s 60s 70s shit on there and it's just yeah kind of bugs me and frankly i just kind of remember liking this album a lot more in 99 <laughs> than i oh, do in no. yeah 2023 yeah. so I was really happy when it came out, and I bought it new, and I was really into it, but in looking back, I thought, eh, I'm going to kick it off. Yeah. So I'm glad you got it on there, though.
0: Yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned, because I I forgot to mention that, but yeah, I think this is the last time we hear his voice in in pretty good form, so yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah. You got to watch, there's a YouTube video of he and uh, Rip doing, um... oh God, what's the hit off of... uh under lock and key in my dreams in my dreams jeez i'm a terrible talking fan um they're doing it on a japanese tv show Mm -hmm. and reb kind of kind of screws it up because it 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 kind of varies in the um the order of which he sings the in my dreams chorus and he and reb are doing it acoustic on a japanese show and reb kind of screws it up and he looks at don like like he's in trouble by his daddy (laughs) 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 you gotta you gotta you gotta watch that video you'll find it just Japanese TV Docking in My Dreams, and you'll see it. It's pretty classic.
0: There is some <laughs> random show that, like, every Paramount band went on and did acoustics. So I don't know what that show is, but I've seen a million and one of those videos. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the one. But I'm kicking my. I can't believe I just blanked on In My Dreams. That's one of my favorite Docking songs. Bad Docking fan. Bad. <laughs> so I screwed that
0: one up. But anyway. Yeah, you're going to lose your Docking Stripes. Okay. Number, th- uh, n- <laughs> number three. Number three. Number three. Well, let me earn it back with, uh, Ingwe facing yeah. the, end. Yeah. all right.
1: So, <laughs> so the reason I got this one on there is cause I love Matt's Levin. Okay. I, I think that dude's voice is outstanding. And, um, you know, you got Swedish erotica. You got him singing on the 1992 treat album for 90 stuff. Ingwe delivered big for me, and we've talked about this, you kind of re-engaged me in my Ingwe from 90 all the way through the late 90s. Um, but it's it's all great material. I mean, his albums in those years are so killer. His singers are so killer that it's like a whole new uh, chapter of my Ingwe world that I was just stuck in the 84 to 90 Ingwe days, and here I am in the 90s, and I'm loving it. So I love the Facing the Animal song, Braveheart, My Resurrection, Another Time. Uh, The only complaint, again, the album cover. Dumb. Like I know he had some varying covers from what country it was released in, but damn, come on. This album cover sucks. Facing the Animal, I can think of something better right now.
0: Yeah, that is a piece of shit I forgot about that Yeah, that's a piece of shit album cover Because at that point He was kind of like In his chunky phase, So you just got like A picture of his chunky face It's like how, Yeah What does this are, I guess he's an animal He eats like an animal But I don't know He eats a lot of animals I don't know what 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 his face Does for the, Yeah, I mean Dude, like you could have did something like Kiss Animal Eyes or something like the Animal Prince or I don't know, just anything. Anything could have been oh, better than that. That's stupid. Oh, yeah. That's like, you're
1: teeing it up, facing the animal? Yeah. There's, there's five things on the top of my head right now anything. I can think that are better.
0: <laughs> That's a stupid. Yeah, so bad. I don't know what the hell they were yeah. was thinking. But, and, the, you know, and what pissed me off about that, I'm so glad you brought that up because the dude was back on Polygram. In 97 Right Oh yeah He's on a major yeah. label So like Okay If you're on CMC I hate to keep using The CMC reference Okay If you're on CMC <laughs> And your pudgy face Is on the cover Alright I'm gonna let it slide Because CMC Their album covers All suck But For yeah. Polygram <laughs> And you got Cozy Powell And and this great production And everything That you got going on And that's the piece of shit Album cover you have No that's bad man That was stupid
1: Yeah dude I agree Come on
0: That was bad I forgot how bad that was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number the the we two. Now this is gonna piss off some Kiss fans and I put this album of Kiss over Psycho Circus, but I stand by it. My my, my I'm gonna let my metal misfit. Uh, Colors shine here But I'm going with Kiss Carnival of Souls So this is grunge Kiss It's the thing that should not be But Let me tell you why it's okay with me If you're a Kiss fan And even Ryan you know You don't have to be a huge Kiss fan Kiss follows trends Right? I thought they said them Maybe when they started They just were a straight up rock and roll band But (laughs) Disco comes out Kiss does a disco rock song. That's Kiss right. does pop. Kiss does heavy metal. Because 80s metal is the big thing. Kiss evolves. So Kiss they had two options. Do a grunge album or put the makeup back on with the original guys. That was the only cards they had to play. They can't make really? a hair model album in, you know, I don't know, I don't they went maybe it was ninety five or six. When they were working, probably it was 95 when they were working on this. They knew that it wasn't going to fly. You know, things happened, the money started talking, and, and people got kicked out of Kiss, and the original guys came back. So, so the grunge album got shelved. And to some people, probably say, thankfully, I'm glad that happened. Now, crazy enough, I got the bootleg of this album. So this album, really, I don't know who did it. I don't know if Eric Singer was pissed off at the band and he put the bootleg out there or somebody associated with the band. But when this album got shelved, A bootleg of it came out. And I had the bootleg. The crazy thing about the bootleg, though, is that it was missing the last three songs. And I think the last three songs are the coolest songs on there. It's I Confess, In the Mirror, and I Walk Alone. Those are really cool songs. But, um, you know, there's some cool... You know, there are some heavy elements that are reminiscent of Revenge on here. But for the most part, it's Kiss trying to be Alice in Chains. But, uh, I enjoy Hate. Hate is a very heavy song with Gene on it. You know, um... Master and the Slave is cool. Childhood's End is kind of more like an acoustical type thing. There's also an acoustic song called I Will Be There, which is um uh, Paul you know dedicated to his son. Very good good song. The thing is about this album is it's it's not only is it obviously kiss out of their element, but it's very underproduced. Now was this done on purpose because they're trying to get the grunge sound? Maybe Like Once the brakes got put on, they never went back and and put the finishing touches or or tightened up the sound. So it's not a good sonically sounding album, but um, I kind of wish there was a – what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, the album. I wish there was like a Carnival of Souls tour, and I wish there was videos for this. I kind of – Miss that because with every band that we talk about, especially bands that we're big fans of, you kind of like to see what what was the album art going to be like. Which they've kind of showed It's some head that was on fire or something like that. But but once it once it got shelved. And then the bootleg kit came out. It's almost like they just puked the thing out during the Kiss reunion. It came out and it was called the final sessions. It's just a photo yeah. of them in the studio. So nothing about this is proper. They never did videos for it. The album art is really not the, the true album art. So And we never got to see what a tour would look like. A tour probably would have had to have been done in theaters. And it probably would have been a very scaled back show. So kind of just something that can be left in our imaginations but uh and here's the last thing I'll say for years and years and years after revenge kiss was promising like the cousin of revenge the bro- the the evil yeah. stepbrother of revenge they kept talking about it and this album was definitely not it so I, I i kind of longed for that album that was the the brother to revenge kind of the way like rock and roll over and love gun go together i kind of wanted revenge and then like another album like revenge but instead, it was Carnival of Souls, and then even a worse offering, in my opinion, which was Psycho Circus. So after Revenge, a lot of people believe it's the fall-off, and we never really got a, a really high-quality album after that, and, and I agree with that statement. So yeah, that's my kiss rat. I'm done.
1: So so with it saying the final sessions, did they imply that it's the last one with Bruce Kulick? because... Eric Singer rejoined the band after when they regrouped with the original guys, but Bruce did not. Right. I'm a little confused in my kiss my history there. Is that what they were implying? That they knew that they were gonna regroup with uh the original guys?
0: No. So okay, so the kiss. Re- so the timeline is this album was probably recorded in ninety five ish or so. Okay. Then the kiss reunion happens in 96 and then yeah. this album comes out in 97 so i think when they call it the final sessions they're trying oh, to give you, the implication is that this is just some unfinished crap that we're just gonna put out there. So you you're not supposed to get the vibe that this is a real album that will have a tour and videos. This is just like some shelved thing and this is the final ses- sessions. We never really finished it, but this is what we've what we got to give you. That that's the way I, that, that's what I think they were trying to say with it.
1: I see. A little bit of mystery involved there. Okay, yeah. that's 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 making
0: sense now. Yeah that, that's what I, I think they were going for. But um yeah that's it man. Grunge Kiss I put Grunge Kiss over (laughs) Psycho Circus, so that's that's what kind of weirdo I am. So, what's your? No, you're good. Hey, (laughs) you're dedicated fan, man. You got this. Yeah,
1: number two. (laughs) Number two. All right, I dropped this one before. I think I talked about this guy, but this is Steelhouse Lane. And I got their, two of their albums because they're from 98 and 99. So they released two incredible albums. And when I say they, I mean Ma- Mike Slammer, the guy that recorded a lot of the Warrant guitars. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if it's Slammer or Slammer. But it's got one M. So however you want to pronounce it. Mike Slammer, his album, his band, Steelhouse Lane. So uh, the first album is called Metallic Blue. Um the first two songs aren't even my favorite. They're the two, like, you know, quote-unquote best songs or singles off the album, but I actually like them the least. Uh, there's lots of ties to James Christian and Hardline. Uh, epic music for such a random time to create such such music or this style of music, but got a song called Addicted, Dr. Love, which Hardline also um, recorded. <laughs> and uh best years of my life okay so that's album number one album number two find what you're looking for son of a loaded gun turn around where are you now and probably my favorite and it's actually a band uh, a re-record from a band called streets it's called if love should go and if you look up um that song uh, the kansas singer actually sings that song because he was in the band streets when mike slammer first recorded it it's this amazing chorus if love should go check it out it's by streets hmm. uh, it's another epic uh, just fantastic musicianship the connection of song sharing on this out al- these two albums though is interesting because you got alias house of lords james christian Hardline, and Steelhouse Lane all kind of sharing these songs that were were released on their respective albums, whether it be demo albums, solo albums, um, early 90s albums. They kind of all shared these songs, but uh, Mike Slammer is just a talented dude. He's a fantastic guitar player, and he recruited some great members to play with him, but if you were to take anything from my rant on Steelhouse Lane... Check out the, their their two albums from ninety eight ninety nine, and also check out the band Streets. If love should go, it's also an, um, a a bonus track on their second album, Slaves of the New World, from ninety nine. So, I highly suggest you check that out.
0: Cool. All right, man. Never heard of it. I'm I'm getting educated tonight. <laughs> nice. All right, this is my probably my only oddball album, but. Seeing who it's coming from, No, nobody who knows me would be surprised at this. MVP, Mike Vassera Project, Windows. Oh, nice, dude. I checked it out. Love, when you told me about it years a while ago, yes, I checked it out. Love, love, love this album, man. This came out Great in... Great album. Uh, 90, I think it came out in 97. And this Mm album is now all over the place. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on uh, Spotify. But this is Mike doing his thing, man. I feel like he's he's free from he's not no more you know no more ties to Ingve, no more ties to Loudness. He's just kind of spreading his wings and doing his thing. Now there are some things that sound very familiar. There's a song called "Innocent Man" and "Say a Prayer." Strangely enough, Ingve does the solo on "Say a Prayer," so those songs sound pretty familiar to what you're used to. Windows, Mm -hmm. the song is very like psychedelic, almost Beatlesy, but it it's really almost like progressive. It's it's really cool. I really dig that song. Then he does a song called Crack the Sky, which is like got like real groove '90s metal type stuff, almost grungy, but but not you know, but not grunge. Uh, Then there's a (laughs) jazzy song called No More, and he's just got those like he's got the keys going really strong, and it's jazzy, super cool. I think there's a metal cover of Strawberry Fields, and it ain't it ain't, a, it ain't like the Beatles. It's crunchy. It's almost like the way Motley did Helter Skelter, but he really cranks oh, out uh, Strawberry Fields. So, and, and every song is good. This is one of those ones where you could just listen to the whole thing and enjoy it. It, it kind of, even though he's going all over the board, it all fits. It's kind of like the way Queen is. It's just little variations of what he does all throughout the album, and uh just the sound quality is so good too uh i recommend this album highly obviously I put it at number two big fan of this album big fan of a and i think this is one of his shiny moments
1: so the for you is like Gioli for me like right. anything he touches <laughs> he I can just, do no I wrong just, I, he
0: can do no wrong
1: yeah yeah
0: it's like the, the his
1: vocals just resonate with us but i um i listened to your interview with him way back and i checked this out and i really liked it um Everything you're saying, super crunchy, super killer, his covers are good. The guy's got such a a great voice that he can't do any wrong, really. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought this one up, man. That's a random one, but it's one that I've definitely checked out, especially listening to your interview. So, good job.
0: All right, man. I I can't wait to hear this. Is is this going to be an unknown band, or is this going to be one of the the classics uh, that we're used to from you? I want to hear your number one. (laughs) Number one. Oh, dude.
1: This one should be no surprise. Death Leopard, Euphoria,
0: 1999.
1: Oh, right. Yes.
0: <laughs> I should have seen that one coming. Oh, man. They're
1: back the post slang hangover, man. They're back. <laughs> Just like the crew did with Swine and then they made a New Tattoo, which I love. You know, these guys stayed true to form. So, they kicked it off with Demolition Man. Very inclusive track. A little bit of everything for Def Leppard. Just kind of sprinkled in there. Uh, Promises. I know you love that song. It's vintage Def Leppard. You know what I gotta say, though? The odd nut squeeze a scream at the end of that song with no rasp in his voice that's the only part of that song that's weird you yeah. not agree you remember that part yeah
0: yeah he's it's got that real fake.
1: high scream and it, it's like joe elliott's got that just epic raspy all the time kind of brian adams-ish raspy voice but he just like grabs his nuts and there's no rasp to the scream at the end of the song And it's, it's like, probably like it's a studio like,
0: trick or something i bet
1: I just don't like that. That's the only complaint, you know, and that's, that's the part of the, the obviously I'm going kind of deep into this album because I'm taking that part out. But anyway, <laughs> um, you got all night. That's that R&B hip hop attempt, but the chorus is really good. Paper Sun, you said it earlier. It's a gem. That's my big classic of this album. I think it's a great song. It's my favorite song on the album, to be honest. To Be Alive, Guilty, Mid-Tempo, Gold. Yep. Uh, it's no hysteria, but it's harking back to where they should be. And again, uh, at the time, I thought these guys are getting kind of up there in age, but just like the crew, you know, here we are in 2023, and they're playing together, and they're letting their gray hair fly, and it's totally fine. So I thought they were getting up there in age in 99, and here we are in 23, and it's all good. So I love this album. I still listen to it. I think it was a great... Products by them, and um, I'm proud of them for this album.
0: Yeah, I can't fault you on that one. I know you love Leopard, and even even me, a non-Leopard fan, likes this album. So that's saying something. Totally, absolutely. Well, you you just said an album that is going to be my number one. Generation Swine, number one. So, <laughs> oh my and I ain't write a damn thing about it. I don't need notes or anything to talk about Generation Swine. I feel like I've talked about Generation Swine like a million times. What's this another one that just kind of comes up? I know it came up on an album that, that Let Us Down episode. It didn't let me down. It let somebody else I It didn't let me down. Uh, I, I liked it because for me... You know, sometimes, you know, man, I'm, I'm an oddball. Sometimes I, I, I go against the grain. And I think at this moment in the the late 90s, I was kind of enjoying some of the electronic and industrial stuff that was coming out. So, so I like that. And I'm a big crew fan. And all of a sudden, crew d- dabbles in this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm eating it like uh, I'm shoveling it in, the, in by the mouthful. There, <laughs> I'm loving it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I get it. You know, if you if you go back and you you read the stories, this was an album that was done with John Karabi and they just replaced the vocals, whatever. You know, I get it. But um, I'm a big Vince fan. You and I have talked about this numerous yeah. times. Whatever. I like Carved in Stone, man. I'm just weird. I'm I'm an idiot. I'm a freak. (laughs) I don't have to tell you. I like that album. Uh, I like Motley 94. I I like this album. I pretty much, whatever Motley does, it's kind of the same as Kiss, man. I'm going to pretty much be down with almost everything they do. And, you know, Afraid. Let's talk about Afraid. Great song. What a cool, like, poppy, metal, alterna type of a track. I think it's great. And, you know, for a while they were still playing it at their shows. I don't think they play yeah, it anymore. I, like, I actually
1: do like that song. Yeah, Freight I'll be honest. Very I'll cool admit it. Song.
0: Um, I love the song Rat Like Me. I think that's a great song. It's got that attitude. <laughs> Generation Swine probably should have been a single, the song, because that really does sound like typical Motley Crue. Uh, what's the one? It sounds like Pantera. That's my only gripe, is that they don't know who they are anymore. Like, some stuff sounds like Motley Crue. Then Let Us Pray sounds like Pantera, and then Confession sounds like Stone Temple Pilots. So they're, they're kind of going all over the board and just, just throwing shit up against the wall and see if it'll stick. But it, it was, I think the main thing was, and, and I was just talking about this on the episode we did with the, the concerts that we went to, and I went to the yes. listening party of, of this album. It was, it was the day before the release. So, like, I think back of that. I think about buying the album the next day. I remember they were on Regis and Letterman. So, it was mm-hmm. and like my, my, my boy Vince is back in the band. So, I think when you put the whole thing together, like, it, for me, it was just a cool time. My band was doing its thing, they were dabbling and trying some different stuff. Some of it works on there, some of it doesn't. Uh, even Glitter, man. I think Glitter's a cool ballad. I enjoy it. I just dig the album. Uh, like I said, a couple songs, maybe not super into, but for the most part, I can listen to this and enjoy it. And it just reminds me of a cool era and a good time. So that's my number one. It's crazy because when I first got into Motley,
1: I was 10 years late in the game. Um, I was buying Metal Edge magazines and they were all over the cover again. Yep. And I was thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm glad I got into Motley at this at this era. And I think it was 96, probably, that I really first started paying attention to Motley. I knew of them, obviously, but I never really dealt too hard. I tried this, I bought this, I think when it came out. So I added to the gold status of this album, (laughs) but that might be the last time I listened to it. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I don't know, dude. To me, it's just like 94, Motley. I know it's good music. I know it's hard rock music. I love Vince Neil. I love John Crabby and the Scream. I love Vince Neil at all times. But this one was just too out there for me. And it it harks back to that, like, I get that you have have to be creative. You have to keep expanding as an artist in any given band. This, to me, is the completely insulting the old fans that, that falls into that category. Um, And that's probably harking back to my ACDC love, which every album is the same album. Therefore, I love it because it's predictable. This was their their slang. And I'll never get over it. Um, I've tried it. I've tried 94. I've tried it so many times, but I'm never going to get it. You know what I mean? Like everybody else does. I think it's cool. I love Vince, but I can't do it. I'll never do it. I don't get it. I don't know. It's just, I, It just doesn't jive with me. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a tummy influence.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do like Afraid. I think Afraid's a really cool song. Yep. Yep. No, I understand, man. It, it's not for everybody. I, I'll be honest. I didn't have many honorable mentions. The only one that I was kind of toying with was Jugulator uh, by Priest. I really Dude, I it. have it. Do you? Yep, yeah, it's your, yeah, I really like that album. I like tim ripper owens on there and i like the heaviness the thing that's lacking for me on that is the songwriting and and the lyrics especially i think the lyrics are just bad i'm sorry i don't care for the lyrics on this album so the lyrically and and like it doesn't really have the hooks even when priest is heavy man rob halford keeps it together with with cool lyrics and good hooks you know painkiller is a prime example of that and I think that's, you know, you can bring in the heaviness and you can bring in a great vocalist. But what's missing for me without Halford is the songwriting. The, a big piece of the songwriting has gone and it shows. So, Yeah, I had that
1: too, actually. I had it in the list and I kicked it out for one of the, the random albums. But this was my, uh, the song Bullet Train. I actually that's got cool. as, they were, they were giving it away as a free single and it was a cassette tape it was just the remember those little paper sleeves for the singles they used to kind of like promote yeah one of those and i thought that was a really cool song and i actually think it's still one of my favorite songs on that album and i and it was my first introduction to ripper owens and i really liked it um it's a lot more aggressive than painkiller in like a more pissed 90s style and and i really like the live stuff from this album or from this tour i should say because it it, like obviously he was doing a a priest cover band and he did the the rockstar movie youtube thing which is loosely based on but his voice is so solid dude like it's the it's like a bit of the classic priest sound and i do like his two albums but it's like it's just a bummer that these are like such hard to find albums Mm -hmm. streaming and whatnot it's kind of like blocked from all that but yeah, it was definitely an honorable mention for me as well.
0: Metal Meltdown '98, I love that. I, I I actually really enjoy his renditions of the Halford, stu- Halford stuff. It, it's really, yes, good, really good. Man, I love it. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: What anything else stand out from uh, that missed the list? Yeah, well, I had Doc, and I had this one, and then I had that
1: band Frontline. I, I threw out Frontline in the in the '94 category. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was their uh their first album this one's called heroes um it's it's just right on par with their first album check it out frontline very 80s big it's a german band uh he kind of like delves into the more steve perry realm on this album which i don't love but it's still killer I, i would suggest checking it out um yeah they're just keeping it keeping it real in 97 with their uh album called Heroes. So th- those are my three honorable mentions. I actually just had two that I kicked off the list, Priest and Dokken and then and then Frontline.
0: That's it. All right, man. Well, hey, we got it done. We got through the 90s and now we can move on with our lives.
1: <laughs> oh, thank God.
0: I actually love these albums though, dude. Like all all these albums we talked about, like I still
1: like in the last episode, Out of My Head, Slaughter. Dude, yeah. I'm I'm telling you, keep keep cranking that album and then this this you got euphoria you got you got the unruly child stuff like check it out and then and then the mystery stuff you got you gave me some ice earth stuff like yeah. it's all it's all good man these guys never stop delivering
0: very good brother well always a pleasure and i know we'll be talking again soon about this stuff so have a good one all right thanks dude later
1: man bye
0: talk to you soon bye Well, that was great going back to 97 through 99. Hope you enjoyed it. Rock on!